members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. It's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is June the 18th. It is a Thursday, and bling, bling, every time I come around your city, bling, bling, pinky ring worth about 50, bling, bling. Well, goddamn, that's an expensive pinky ring. <laughs> uh, good to see the OG Army forming up in the chat box. Always good to see you guys. How did your day go, Ryan? Fucking long. I, at, at one point, I almost thought it was Friday, and it is not. So I'm a bit depressed. <laughs> we'll try to work it out throughout the course of the show. Uh, for myself, it was a great day. I felt much better. Uh, no complaints, really. I thought I was going to have a bad day in the morning. My stomach felt a little crappy, but it improved dramatically over the course of the day. Uh, I think it helps that I'm busy as fuck, and I don't have time to think about that kind of stuff. Uh, but all in all, really good day. Uh, you, you got anything leaking? you want to talk about? Yeah, yes, I'm done leaking. Yes, that was an embarrassing incident that I probably shouldn't have mentioned on the air. But what's done is done. So I guess I'm just going to have to deal with the aftermath of that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so shit. unfortunately, I ain't got shit today. I took a look, and really, there's not much in the news other than politics. And I, I think we've gone there and done that and rewinded and did it again. And yeah, fuck that. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I had a really busy day. Uh, I was hoping to be able to look stuff up uh, online at work, uh, but my job is dramatically uh, busier than it uh, even normally is at this time. This is the start of the busy time of the year. I feel like I'm the only busy person at that entire fucking country club, uh, which I'm sure is not true, but on the inside, no one's coming in to eat dinner, eat lunch or dinners or anything like that. We're not having special events. So most of the inside staff's bored out of their fucking mind. Uh, no matter how many carryouts we do, we, it does, it's not going to match the type of business that we normally do sit down. Uh, and I'm sure the golf course is busy because the golf course, actually I know it is, it's busy as fuck. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, despite the fact that no guests are allowed on the golf course or anywhere in the uh, on the country club right now, it is members only, Well, and they can normally have guests to most of these things, our golf course is completely booked up every fucking day with just the members. Well, yeah, they got nothing else to do. Like, So my boss is taking the day off tomorrow just to go golf. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. I, well, I, actually, I think there's an, I have another theory uh, that goes along with the fact that, yes, they don't have anything else to do. Um, suddenly these rich people and I love them to death. No, get me wrong. I'm not going to say bad things about most of them, but most of them don't take care of their kids. They have, you know, like nannies. Didn't we have this conversation yesterday? Yeah, we had this exact same conversation yesterday. A pot's a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it still continues. And that's why the golf course is really super busy because the men don't want to have anything to do with it either. So they're trying to stay out of the house as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, it It obviously does make sense. It's the same thing. Like, that's why my boss took a day off, because he's been stuck in the house every day, dealing with <laughs> kids being there over the summer, having to put up with the wife all day. Like, I hate to say it, but sometimes going to the office or going to work actually is an escape for some people. Oh, certainly. Uh, we see. I see it at a lot of the country club. There's many, many of our members that could have retired years ago, barely do anything at the company anymore, but they own the damn thing. 
And so basically, you'll know, you'll see like 85, nine year old guys go into the office three times a week for like four hours <laughs> and basically just amuse themselves in their office for a while and walk around and look at all their stuff. <laughs> but but they don't want to retire. You know, uh, they uh, picked up the habit of working. And even though they're only doing it at their leisure, it's still something that they feel like they need to do. Hey, it's just the thing. You just you need variety. And if you're stuck at home all the time, you want to be outside a house or if you're out doing shit all the time, like at some point you just want to stay home. Like it's how life works. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I just can't conceive having that amount of money and still being bored enough to go into, in, into work. Uh, I don't know. I guess if you've been rich long enough, you get bored of all kinds of shit. You know, maybe you got tired of traveling. Like I've never always wanted to travel, which is a weird paradox because I can't fucking stand flying and I don't really fit in the cars for long trips. But I've, there's all kinds of places that I've always wanted to see and experience. So if I had lots of time and lots of money, that'd be definitely something I'd be doing. Uh, but I guess after that, you know, there's a whole bunch of variations in travel. I really like to take a motorhome across the United States. I think that'd be a cool experience. Uh, but once you run out of the travel stuff, I mean, and you've already bought all the stuff you want, uh, I guess it's kind of hard to find shit to do. It's pretty much golf, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I can understand and why a lot of these... if at a golf course, then, yeah, then mm-hmm. they just kind of run together. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, now I understand why some of these rich people are really into wine, you know, uh, to the point where I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, I was like, man, they're not all alcoholics. They just actually like collecting the wines. And of course they like drinking it and such. But for some of them, they spend exorbitant amounts of money on wine, you know, to put them in cellars and stuff. We regularly sell hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of wine every year. Shit. We have a, a wine event where they can buy all of the wine for like 10% off of wholesale. And we regularly sell a couple hundred thousand dollars in just that fucking night. They'll, there's people that t- will take the opportunity to spend 40 or $50,000 and fill up their cellar. Yeah, that's a nice problem to have, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I've seen some expensive shit. Like, uh, I've seen $1,200 bottles of wine. Uh, I'm are you? I, I'm guessing you're not a wine drinker. Are you familiar with it at all as far as, like, you know, what stuff costs? No, not at all. Like, the only time I drink wine is when I'm traveling for business and for, like, conferences and shit like that. And then vendors will just take you out to the nicest restaurants and they just keep bottles of wine coming and I assume they're probably pretty expensive. <laughs> like uh, one of the more ex- expensive ones I've seen is a, a, a wine called from a winery called Screaming Eagle. Uh, apparently it's a California uh, winery and it's super duper hard to get. Like we, we got, uh, I believe, like three bottles the last time we got it in of the six bottles that were shipped to Michigan. <laughs> Um, so it's the sort of stuff you really can't buy as just like a, a person. Uh, so the, the members really appreciate the, this, my, our manager's connections. Cause he's a, he was a wine guy. He's first, he got hired on as their food and beverage manager. Then because he knew a shitload about wine and had all kinds of contacts and stuff like that and knew which of the vendors uh, to deal with and which ones he didn't want to deal with. Um, then after that, he moved up to the clubhouse manager and this year he's actually taken over as the general manager. So there you go. There's another success story. A guy came from France with nothing <laughs> and, you know, used to talk about eating at Denny's and, you know, saying Denny's is not that bad of a place to eat, which is really funny. See, coming from someone who's really into, you know, uh, high, high end uh, restaurants and stuff. Cause he worked his way up uh, through a whole bunch of restaurants before he got to, to the country club. Uh, cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Denny's is garbage. <laughs> well, he used to say, you know, he used to say, well, I guess what he, what he was trying to say is, 
you know, when you don't have a lot of money, you know, um, you can appreciate like, uh, you know, sometimes you can appreciate finding a simple meal. Like, like you said, he used to go to Danny's or something like that. He goes, and I just get a hamburger and, you know, their hamburgers were perfectly fine. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and talked about shit like that. Uh, obviously at the, the, he doesn't go to fucking Denny's anymore, <laughs> but, but I guess when he first moved here, he, he didn't have any money. He was, he had just finished, uh, like a whole bunch of different, fairly high end, uh, uh, culinary schools in France. Uh, but that doesn't translate to getting a high paying job. As soon as you move over here, he still had to work his way up through the ranks. Well, speaking of getting your shit together, did you mm-hmm. see that Illinois is getting their shit together? In what way, sir? So they have uh, signed into law that election day will now be a state holiday. Really? The bad thing there is there's still going to be all the businesses that don't observe it. So that's oh. still kind of fucked. But yeah, at least they're like taking the step in the right direction of making a state holiday. And they are also mailing ballots to everyone that is registered. That oh, has, wow. So there's a slight thing. It's everyone that's registered that has participated in one of the last three elections, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, a lot of people said that that should be like that nationwide. Uh, of course, you know, that's a hard thing to do, uh, considering, you know, all the stuff that you'd have to go through. Um, and really, I don't think there is a holiday anywhere that the businesses are required to uh, honor, I believe. So, you know, that'd be a whole different kind of law. Well, there would have to still be some exceptions, right? Like you still need, there'd still have to be like the essential worker type rule that you would need. Like some like grocery places would still have to be open. Obviously your emergency services, shit like that. But like you could at least take the step of being like anything non-essential should be closed this day or right, right. open voting up to be like a full weekend or something. In fact, it's on a goddamn Tuesday is stupid. Yeah, yeah, there's there's another good point. Why put you put it on like the one of the worst days to, to possibly put it on? I mean, it, you know, you could at least throw it on a Friday where some people will be able to get a three day weekend out of it. Putting it on a Tuesday breaks up the work week. It be, it makes it really hard for people to do that kind of shit. Then you're then in a place where there's any kind of voter turnout, you you have the polling places get slammed early in the morning and after work. Yeah, our, we need to completely overhaul the entire voting thing. But I'm all for states doing things like what Illinois is doing, like make a run for making it a holiday so people can actually get out there and vote, mail ballots to everyone. Like people will say, oh, no, election security, there's going to be giant fraud. We already have like five states do it and there's no fraud. Yeah, well, I believe we're one of those states. Uh, I didn't register for it, but I believe my wife got that her shit in the mail the other day. Well, so there's there's different things. There are states that actually proactively mail ballots to everyone that is registered. Mm. And that's like, I think, four or five states. Then there's a handful of like another like 10 or 14 states that you can ask for an absentee ballot for any reason. And there's a few other states that you can only ask for like certain documented reasons. And then I think there's a few like super hardcore states that like it's only or like things like military and shit like that. Hey, can you do me a favor and like talk amongst yourself for 30 seconds? My dog's toy fell down the stairs and she's giving me the most pitiful stare and little whine that you can't hear because of the noise gate. And it's fucking killing me. Just get the dog to get the goddamn toy. She won't go down the stairs. How do you have a dog that can't go downstairs? 
Have you seen her? Her short legs are, are, her front legs are shorter than her back legs. If she went down the stairs, she'd probably tumble. She's afraid of the stairs. She won't, we, we discouraged her going down there because there's nothing in the basement for her. Uh, so now she's taking it to heart. Dude, uh, give me just one second. I'll be right back. I apologize, dude. dude, 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 dude Jesus Christ. Oh, how is how can Jay actually have animals that are more worthless than him? <laughs> oh, Jesus going Christ. On? Okay, my dog is pitiful. I will admit that. It was fucking one step down. <laughs> she wouldn't go down one step to get the fucking thing. You're teaching these animals to be lazier than you, Jay. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, she's a good little dog, though. But uh, she's actually, she's obedient. We taught her not to go down those stairs, so she won't go down for fucking nothing, even if her toy is only one step down. So you're looking at it the wrong way, sir. No, no, I'm looking at it in the, the reality way. You're just trying to make excuses. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, but we could talk about the entire voting thing all the goddamn day long, uh, despite the fact that I'm not really educated enough to be talking about it. Uh, but we got all kinds of other things to talk about that's not uh, uh, polit political for once. I actually like three different things to talk about that's not political, but I do got three. <laughs> well, and there's uh, not a see... lot to say about mm -hmm. voting other than like we just mm -hmm. need to like we need to make it more accessible because it is a right people should be exercising. That's just mm -hmm. about it. Right, right, exactly. There's not much more needs to be said about it, I suppose. Uh, speaking of things that we probably nothing needs to be said of, uh, did you see that to the surprise of no one, uh, Corey Feldman's being accused of being a sexual predator? Who, Corey Feldman? Yeah, it is correct, sir. He's still alive? Unfortunately, no, that's me. <laughs> Although possibly, unfortunately, if um, what these allegations are, are true, uh, so you don't know anything about Corey Feldman in the last 10 years or so, huh? Oh. Well, no, wasn't he the one that like apparently got molested and shit him and the other oh, one? Oh no, no. And the other one Oh no, he dead? claimed he claimed up and down he was never molested. He says all of his mental scarring is from seeing his friends get molested. I believe that's the statement so yeah, he he's was made. Yeah, totally molested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but apparently uh um okay. Well, he's wanted to have a music career and, you know, all this shit for quite a while now. So what he does is makes music and music videos uh, that are basically bad parodies of Michael Jackson uh, videos because <laughs> that's who he truly wants to be. I believe he, he does the entire dance and all that good shit and dresses like Michael Jackson would for the most part. Uh, but he always hires all these hot chicks to do the videos. And it turns out he also hires them for all, all kinds of other things like to, uh, like he'll host parties and hire these, uh, he calls them his angels or something like that to show up and he makes them dress a certain way and this, that, and the other. Well, apparently he also tries to, uh, give them drugs and have sex with them. Um, so I'm not sure how much of what they're talking about is actually illegal. Uh, I haven't really bothered to look into it too much, but there's a whole bunch of Corey Feldman's uh, sexual predator thing going, stuff going on around right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like that lifestyle. Like, it doesn't sound like he's raping people or anything. Not like uh, right. Danny Masterson. Yeah, who who's there actually raping people? And I I didn't look into the charges. I'm not sure if he's accused of raping three different people or three different rape charges against the same person. Um, but I, I think it was I, three I refused... different people, but it was like 20 years ago. Oh, Jesus. Oh yeah. That's right. Well, like 2003 or something like that. Yeah. God, that's a long time ago. All of a sudden, damn, 2003 doesn't feel like it's almost 20 years ago, but I guess it is. 
I'm fucking old. That one bums me out. At least his character on that 70s show was always amusing. Uh, uh, I know you're not the actor. The actor is not the characters that they portray, but sometimes you hope they're at least similar, and, and apparently not. Unless you're Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Who is the same goddamn character in every motherfucking movie. <laughs> Although I do... Right. I love. I do love him, love him to death for insisting that he had a purple lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> that's the funniest story ever. Yeah, I'll do it, but I, I want a purple lightsaber. You want to? Why do you want a purple? Well, there's never been a purple lightsaber. That's not a color. Well, why? Well, there will the will there well there will be now, motherfucker. And that's what happened, basically. Well, he's Samuel L. Jackson. If you want him a movie, want him in a movie, you're going to make a goddamn purple lightsaber. Goddamn right. <laughs> He was always fun. He's always been a fun actor. I I don't know what his politics are, and I don't give a shit, but he seems like he'd be a cool dude. Uh, like you said, he plays the same character in every movie. That's pretty much who he's got to be, I assume. Um, either that or he's just the most typecast motherfucker in the entire world. That'd be like finding like, like Arnold's a complete pansy and coward. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the you know, that's the, the type of typecasting. Well, because you know Arnold always played the same fucking role in most of his movies too. Acting was not his greatest asset. Uh, he was a good enough actor to get the shit done, but most with the, a couple really large exceptions, most of his characters were pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I I would think it would almost be like finding out that you know Morgan Freeman in real life speaks as poorly as you do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was talking to Morgan the other day. He's uh, been really busy, but he does intend on calling the show when he gets a chance. Uh, so that's good to know. He's out, you know, banging whores and slamming rocks. <laughs> God doing damn Morgan right. Freeman things. God. Uh, did you ever see that? That reminds me of that uh, Dave Chappelle episode. Did you ever see the one with uh, what's his uh, wing uh, Brady? Oh yeah, everybody's seen everybody's seen every episode of Chappelle. And if they haven't, so. like you're a piece of shit human. <laughs> well, my wife's apparently a piece of shit human. I was so amazed that she had not seen the Chappelle show that and once I found out I couldn't find him on Hulu or Netflix or anything like that, I ordered like a fucking four the all the seasons for like thirty or thirty bucks on DVD or some shit like that. Basically just to show her one or two uh clips I insisted that she'd seen. And she didn't re even really think it was that funny. I, I, you know, and I watched back and some of the skits don't have, have not aged as well as others, but there's still so much funny shit on that. I couldn't believe it. She wasn't really into it. I'm like, man, who did I marry? That is more than likely the greatest, like sketch comedy show ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly God. It's hard to find a good competition with it. Um, I never watched much key and peel. Uh, I heard that was really good, but it was basically kind of a rip off of the Chappelle show. Well, yeah, it was just the Chappelle show with two people, and neither one of them are funny as Chappelle. Right, right. Homelander saying Charlie Murphy, true Hollywood stories are timeless. And those were the exact ones that I wanted to show her. I really wanted to show her the Prince story one. That was so fucking funny. And, and she was like, yeah, that's okay. I'm like, oh, we are so different as people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your, your wife has no sense of humor, which... I mean, I guess kind of might work out. Cause, I mean, there are no women that are funny, so maybe they just don't recognize funny. Ah, uh, <laughs> there are funny women out there, but not a ton of them. Um, Who? Uh, oh, let's see. Women that I thought that were funny when I saw them. Give me a second. 
<laughs> Not just funny looking, uh, but like actual funny. God, you see, it's it's a lot easier to find comedic actresses that are funny as opposed to stand-up comics. Because uh, I believe Tina Fey is a very funny person, but she obviously doesn't do stand-up comedy. Um, so if we're already speaking yeah, of stand-up comedy. Being a good comic, actor and being able to do a comedic role, like that's not actually being funny. Well, you have to remember, Tina Fey was also a writer. That's how she got her start. She was a writer for Saturday Night Live. So a lot of skits that you saw that you might have thought were funny were not written by the people that were doing it. They were written by her. Um, yeah, but so, she's not funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesus, you got me on a spot here. I know there's funny women. Uh, maybe there's not. This is the one Holy stereotype shit. that is that is right 100% of the time. No, no. I mean, people, I had to watch. I don't watch a lot of female stand up comics because you are right. A lot of them are, don't make me laugh, but I know there's funny ones out there. Sarah Silverman's made me laugh before. Uh, she's got a really weird sense of humor, uh, but I think she's yeah, funny she's not sometimes. Funny. <laughs> she's not funny. I saw her. I, I've been looking for this uh, skit Pretty interview hot for forever. A Jew, but not funny. Dude, she did a thing way back, way back, and it's got to be like in the late 90s, early 2000s, where she was completely unknown, and she went on a show. I want to say it was a Bill Maher show, but or may, or it might have been Dennis Miller on HBO, where, and he did it. I think it was Dennis Miller, where he did the thing where he'd have them also come out and do funny. a bit. That, that one I won't argue with too much. Well, they they would, ha you know, he'd have the stand-up comic do a bit, and then, uh, you know, and sit down and interview him, and she came on and bombed fucking on purpose like really horrible racist jew racist jokes mostly jewish ones like but not funny ones uh, and, and me and my buddy are sitting here going what the fuck is happening here is is she doing this on oh, and then she would meet and then she went down and had an interview and she tried to have the weirdest fucked up interview like yeah i think she mentioned you know uh she goes, you know, you know, I'm having a good day. Yeah, yeah. No, my ass hurts from all the anal sex. It's just really crazy off the wall fucking comments. And which I thought was kind of impressive because she wasn't like a big comic. She was a complete unknown. So she took some pretty big fucking risks earlier in her career. Uh, so I don't know if I'd say she was funny, but I do have respect for her in that regard. And I've heard her say funny things before, but damn, you're made. I feel like I'm making your case for you. You are. You're, you're winning this argument for me against me. God damn. I feel like I need to go to Google, look up female stand up comics. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to do that, and you're going to be like, yeah, not funny, not funny. Oh, she steals jokes and is not funny. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, Jesus. Um, Speaking see, of there, there humor. That <laughs> was the very fucking first one that popped up. Ali Wong was second. I heard she was funny. I haven't seen any of her stuff. Uh, then, like, uh, Eliza Scherzer, funny, then, Scherzinger. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> oh, uh... No, Eliza, Margaret, also like not Mark, funny. She just tries no. to be funny by saying, you know, oh, I'm hot and it's a problem because of stuff. Right, right. Um, let's see. Margaret Cho, mostly not funny, although she did have a really funny joke about not getting sex. She goes, man, I, I'm so I, I can't get sex. I'm had sex so long. I swear to God, I'm just going to like lay on lay on the forest, cover myself in leaves and hope someone falls in, <laughs> which was fucking funny with her delivery. Uh but uh, I like, you know, I think I remember like, funny. no, no, I liked Ellen. I always thought she was funny way back in the day when she did stand up. It's harder to find ones now, but back in the day, there were some really, there were some funny ones in the nineties, I believe.
uh, like Paula Poundstone. Paula Poundstone was pretty good back in the day. Yeah, she's yeah, just super vulgar and not funny. Not Paula Poundstone. You're thinking of somebody completely different. No, Paula Poundstone. Yeah, never, I I've never heard of her ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Janine Gar- Garofalo. Yeah, not funny. It's a, it, it is hard. Funny. Uh, Whitney Cummings. Uh, Maria Maria Bamford uh, can be funny uh, once she stopped doing that ridiculously high pitched voice that she did for the beginning of her career. God, I hated that shit. <laughs> uh, but okay, I'm yeah, I'm not making a lot of uh, progress here, am I? Uh, it's funny. I saw when I was looking through the stand up comedy um, comedians list, uh, Roseanne Barber was on there for stand up comics, even though it's been decades and decades and decades since she actually did stand up comedy. Her first stand up comedy bit uh, special was funny. Um, and I always, okay, this is a funny thing. Back in the day, um, I told you guys all know I had a shitty childhood. Um, I looked up to like Roseanne Barr. I consider, consider, considered her like my TV mom. You know, she would be the mom that I wanted. Uh, ironically enough, Bill Cosby was my TV dad <laughs> that he always represented to me what, what a dad should be. Uh, so imagine, you know, my horror and psychic damage in the last couple of years where, where Roseanne became part of the cancel, cancel culture and fucking Bill Cosby turned into a fucking rapist. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, you look up to some real winners. Fuck, you know, I, I bothered me quite a bit, too, especially the Bill Cosby thing, because I think Roseanne said some stupid shit, but she didn't deserve to have her show taken away from her. Uh but she doesn't seem to care that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but Cosby hurt quite a bit. I grew up loving Bill Cosby. Before he even had a TV show, I had his records. Well, my, my parents had his records. I l- listened to his old records from the 60s and the 70s. He it was a great stand-up comedian. And then then I remember like in early 80s, he had uh, Bill Cosby himself, which was his big stand-up special that I think everyone on the planet saw at the time. And uh, Just think, when you parents- were watching that, like after he recorded that, like he drugged and raped someone that night. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, he become he became Doctor Huxtable, like the very image of what the best of a dad could be in every in every regard, you know. And fucking, I worshipped that man. I really did, as far as like the image of who he was, and it bothered me a whole bunch. Yeah, I could see that if you actually thought he was a good person, just because of a character you played on TV. Well, you you were exposed to such a body of a person's work. You su- you assume that you know what kind of person they are. We've had that conversation before. I know it's not true, but it's hard not to associate that person with his work. Um, and you got to remember, I was a fucking kid. You know, it wasn't like I'm an adult going, "Wow, he's such a good dad figure." I was fucking you know, eight, nine, ten years old. Uh, my parents fucking sucked. You know, I saw him on TV being a good dad. You know, so it was it was hard not to associate the role of the person. Excuse me, I need to drink water. I would absolutely have a beer with Jason Voorhees. Like he, he can't be that bad of a guy. Those <laughs> movies gave him a bad rap. Oh Jesus Christ, dude. Um, but yeah, it, it, so it was very surprising to me. Uh, but and, and that was the very start of uh, you know, of basically people um not you know celebrities not getting away of shit anymore. He opened the floodgate gate to a whole bunch of people getting in shit that they thought you know. Like he, I think he was a big part of the reason why people uh, started accusing, you know, like Weinstein and all these other people stuff because they saw that you can 
uh, accuse a celebrity of doing shit that was bad and he won't get away with it because that's, you know, all through time through the you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all these celebrities did this shit because they thought they could get away with it. And, and the reason they got away with it is because the victims thought they could get away with it too. So once Cosby happened, it changed the entire perspective on that. And unfortunately, I do think there are people that uh, take advantage of the situation make shit up or exaggerate shit that was not uh you know that was not as they said it to uh for various reasons either financial or for fame because a lot of them are actresses and such like that but unfortunately you know that's just going to happen when you uh, you know start opening up these uh, uh issues what you're really saying is you know the moral to the story here is that Bill Cosby gave one last lesson for people to learn after the Cosby's. <laughs> that is very true. He taught us one more thing. He said he taught us it's okay to accuse somebody even if they're rich and famous. And uh, people took that to heart. Um, speaking of TV shows, do you think talent shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent uh, are... In, should be considered in the same kind of reality show role that other things are. Yeah, because they still take like for the most part, yes, there are some pretty talented people, but they always cast story over talent. Mm. Like it's the same thing you see with like the Ultimate Fighter, right? Like a good portion of each cast, I won't say most of each cast, but like there are definitely guys on that show every season that have no right to be there. They're just there for the story or what type of person they are. They do the same right, thing right. with every other one of these shows. They'll take people that aren't technically as talented, but they have some sob story or they're going to be an interesting character and shit like that. Right, right, right. And it's a problem even... Well, here's the thing. And for you know talent shows and especially those singing shows... Uh, unfortunately, talent's fucking dime a dozen. Uh, having a great voice is a dime a dozen. There is a, just musicians in general. Unfortunately, they're a dime a fucking dozen. So you can be the most amazing singer in the entire world, and you might spend your entire fucking career going through backwoods bars, uh, you know, singing cover songs because uh, a lot of it's luck and opportunity. Uh, and so that show can get away of doing that because they know they have an infinite well of talent. And they probably rather, you know, throw the five or six people in there they think are going to be good. And then like another five or six people to stretch out the show for a couple of weeks because they need to have, you know, stories to talk about. Uh, and in the ultimate okay. fighter, it's a lot more eager, you know, a lot more. Um, uh huh. Yes, Jay, sir. You sound bitter. Did, did you try out to be on like America's Got Talent with your your wicked awesome base and they and they didn't pass you? No. Were you in line with Kevin Barber? <laughs> no, not even a little. I'm a... <laughs> dude, that dude, man. I, you know, I, God damn, is it, is it not an act? I mean, he, he, that's, that's really that dude, huh? I think he might be like, I'm surprised you haven't gotten him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I've told him, you know, he's a, you know, people have told him he should be on the show. And the one time I saw, I said, yeah, dude, feel free to call in, man. You know, Oh, but he's never followed up or anything like that. So, and I haven't tried to actively pursue him. Um, for those that are, uh, that are in, not in the know, there's a guy in our internet forum that we hang out on uh, that tried to uh, 
enter, uh, get on America's Got Talent. He basically joined our, I have no clue how he found our forum. He basically joined a forum to tell us that he's going to try to get on America's Got Talent. Uh, that's how it seems to have occurred. That's why I thought he was such a total troll. I was like, dude, what dude joins a random forum and says, hey guys, I just want to let you know I'm going to get on America's Got Talent. Uh, and I haven't watched much of his shit, but apparently his entire uh, gimmick is motivational speaking. He wants to be a motivational speaker and motivate people. Uh, so he, uh, and that's what he does. <laughs> so, so he, like, I guess I, I didn't watch the shit. Did you watch any of the videos actually? God, no. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Like, just, I'm sorry. Uh, just him. Uh, oh. oh, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. I'm just I, was say, I, I find him way too cringy. Like even in his, his posting, I don't think I can handle it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's what my thing is too. I didn't really want to get myself into it. I'm, I'm, I'm typing while I'm trying to speak and you guys all know I can't do that. <laughs> you are the loudest goddamn typer. I attack the keys, sir. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, yes, point, you fuck up words all the time. It doesn't mean you also need to attack the letters. <laughs> At one point, I bought one of those mechanical uh, uh, keyboards because I always, you know, the clicky, clicky, clicky ones, the ones that sound like old style typewriters. That lasts about three days. Mario said, dude, either you're getting rid of that keyboard or I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> So, you know, cause it was loud anyways. And as I mentioned, I beat on the keyboard, like it owes me money. So apparently crazy it wasn't a thing. I have for... an actual mechanical keyboard and like, you rarely hear me typing. Aren't they nice though? I, I really like the feel of it, but it was too loud apparently. Well, yeah, like, so in my office for actually doing real work, I definitely don't have one. Right. But just for fucking around. Yeah. Like they're better. Yeah. 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 So, but back in the, back in the thing, I don't think of shows like the, the voice or America's got talent at the same way I do with shows like keeping up with the Kardashians or all that reality bullshit. Uh, I don't watch a lot of them, but at least those shows have like entertainment on them. Uh, I never understood watching like the reality shows of the type where they follow around basically a normal group of people that are, that they want to follow around for a reason. I don't consider the Kardashians normal, but other than being real rich, they're real, they're not really. There's no reason to follow those fuckers around. <laughs> so, and I, I never understood those type of shows. Uh, I'm assuming you're not a fan either. God no! Like I I think of reality TV in two separate sections. Like you have your just drama reality TV, and then you have competition based reality TV. Mm. competition based yeah. i'll catch some of that stuff like that's like your ink master and your ultimate fighter and like stuff like that and then you have just the pure drama reality shows like kardashians and the real housewives of paducah kentucky all of that <laughs> weird shit right 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 that, and that's a good way to put it uh I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of classifying it that way before but it's very appropriate and i'm the same way i, I like a, quite a few of the competition style reality shows like as like you mentioned ultimate fire during ink master uh i'm a big fan of forged in fire uh, i i believe you've probably seen that one as well the one where they make knives and swords and shit like that they'll have like well for those unfamiliar they'll have four people that uh, know how to make knives come in and they'll throw like uh, uh, challenge at them like okay you four people are going to have to make this kind of knife out of these kind of materials and they'll try to throw them for or throw things at them that they you know don't normally work with it's like here 
make a knife out of this wheel or, you know, here, make a knife out of this rake, these ball bearings and this uh, metal powder. Uh, you know, and then they'll judge them on how good the knife is. And uh, three of them will move on to put a handle on it. Um, and, you know, then those three will actually go on to a competition thing while they test the knives while, like uh, with a sharpness test or a toughness test. Basically, they'll hit they'll hit different things with the knife. Excuse me. Hit, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they'll pick two of those guys and they'll go home uh, and build something crazy. Uh, like normally it's knives and shit that they're making at the beginning of the show. At the end of the show, they'll take the two people and say, here, you two make this big ass fucking sword or this axe or all kinds of crazy cool shit. Uh, that's where it's fun. And it's shit that none of them have ever really made before. So they'll, then they'll go home. They'll have five days at their home forge to make this item and they'll come back and they'll hit more shit with it. Uh, and it, for something that sounds not that entertaining, it really is. Yeah, it doesn't sound all that entertaining, Jay. Really? You've never watched it? It's fun. You know, uh, it's cool to watch the knife process getting made. And it's re- the real fun part is some of these guys are pretentious douchebags and mostly they lose. Oh, I, I've been, you know, the, you know, it's like you said, I saw one guy come in, you know, he said, I don't use any, you know, um, mechanical stuff at all. I do it all by hand. I don't have a, a power hammer at home. I, you know, I, I do all my forging over an open fire. And the guy didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And it's just like on any reality show. Oh, dude, you know what? The one you really ought to watch now, this is fucking comedy at its fucking best. It's a spinoff of Forged and Fire. Uh, and it's called uh, Knife or Death, I think it is. And what they do is instead of having people make knives, they have people bring knives and swords and whatever that they want and then have like obstacle course, like think American Ninja, but each station is different things that you have to do with your weapon. Uh, and the people that come on this show are basically are in two categories, professional cutters, because apparently there's a fucking actual sport of people that basically cut things with big old knives. Uh, most of them bring something called a competition style chopper. Uh, those guys do well for the most part. Uh, then there's the other guys. Most of these guys bring swords of various types and half of them are big fat guys. Uh, and, uh, and basically cosplayers, uh, and the, there's n- nothing more fun to have someone go, yes, this is a samurai blade. That's, you know, it's been folded. The metal's been folded over 300 times and it's been forged and such and such and such and such. And then watch them bend that fucking shit. I'm like the second time they thwack a fucking two by four with it. <laughs> Dude, the, the crestfallen look on some of these people's face where their supposed treasured 300 year old weapon bends like a fucking uh, paperclip is amazing. Uh, the actual competitions, meh, you, you're seeing a whole bunch of people, mostly big guys, because apparently it's a big guy sport. So you like even the competition are big, beefy guys, probably because they can get a lot more force going, running around, hitting different stuff with knives and swords. So, but there's a lot of comedic value. You should watch a couple episodes for that. Nothing else. Yeah, no, I'm good. I the the as, as Homelander kind of alluded to, like, yeah, if I'm not even going to watch the original show, the spinoff is probably <laughs> even less likely. Oh, come on. We all know that Joni Loves Chachi was way better than Happy Days. Dude, I'm not that old. No, I don't. No, no. Okay, you know what? Nah, we're not even gonna, I'm not even going to try to explain it. <laughs> you never wondered why why Ben Stiller is yelling Joni Loves Chachi? <laughs> Chachi in that movie? Nope, don't care either. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll just move on. Uh, see, move on I, to I don't old- watch it. I don't watch a ton of reality TV. Like I will watch Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm, I don't even one. watch Ink Master anymore after the season I was on. Like it just kind of lost the the luster. 
Um, other than well, that, like Survivor Man was always interesting back in the day. Beyond there that, you go. There, like there. competition, uh, there is uh, there is one on Discovery Channel, or is it History Channel? It's one of the you know not completely stupid channels, but there is like a elite warfighter competition thing. Hmm. Basically where they'll do shows like uh you know Navy SEALs versus Russian Spetsnats versus you know military contractors. Oh. There'll be like marksmanship and like other competitions and stuff like that. Basically to see who has the best special forces. That would be a really interesting show. I haven't caught that one. Uh, speaking of which, another reality competition that I've only caught a couple episodes of, but seemed pretty interesting, was called uh, Top Shot. Have you ever seen that one? I saw, like, the original season. I think there was probably only like, two or three seasons. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It's basically just taking people, and obviously they, they were shooting. Basically a marksmanship competition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and the concept of it was really interesting, but it turns out the actual watching of the show was kind of boring. <laughs> like, yep, yep, he hit it. Oh, he hit it. He hit it. Oh, that guy didn't hit it. Okay, he's out. <laughs> you know. But I realized it took a b- tons and tons of skill to take the shots that they were making, but it didn't really translate to um, to uh, good TV. Oh, and uh, L.A. Lakers is asking you talking about Deadliest Warrior. I don't think it's Deadliest Warrior. Isn't Deadliest Warrior was wasn't that the one where the two guys went around the went around the world and tried to train different martial arts from the different cultures and stuff? No, that, that was the show with Jimmy Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. That was a good show. That was. So I I went back and watched those too after like seeing Jimmy Smith become like a commentator and stuff like that to give you kind of a different lens going back to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he. Uh, he's one of the more. Um, what I'm looking for, uh, credentialed uh, commentators for, for uh, mixed martial arts when it comes right down to it. I didn't hear much of his uh, commentating since he wasn't with the UFC, but from what I understand, he was always pretty good at it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, the problem he had when they signed him to the UFC for that short while was like, he was basically Joe Rogan. Like, they looked halfway similar. Like, they both had the same background. Like, that's just kind right. of what he it did. was. They don't need another Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, and I found it. It's called uh, Ultimate Soldier Challenge. Oh, that, that does sound really cool. Yeah, like the initial one when I when I Google it, takes to YouTube. It, it was Navy SEALs versus Russian. Yeah, it was the one I was just talking about. It's always like two units, and then they always bring in a third team of just military contractors. It's pretty funny with the military contractors because they're always like these big roided up looking douchebag dudes. (laughs) And they generally lose, which is great. So I wonder, so a a military contractor doesn't even have to be in the military, obviously they're not, right? Uh, I wonder if they're like ex-military people. Yeah, most of them are former military. You'll get some that go straight into contracting, but you're still going to end up basically training like, like a military group would have. Right. So they, well, yeah, they have different ones like Marines versus Canadian infantry. I sure hope the Marines won that one. Uh, Army versus Navy. You know, Navy SEALs versus Russian Spetsnaz. Uh, there's another one that was like I think. Uh, 
whatever the Israeli special forces is versus like green berets. It's interesting. Hmm. You know, uh, now since you're bringing up the military, obviously you guys know about my extensive military background, <laughs> but I was thinking about, uh, something that happened in basic training years and years and years ago. Um, I thought it might make for a fun story. Uh, this is probably week three or week four or something like that. So we were, you know, the, all the recruits were past the, oh my God, I'm in the military thing. So, and we, they were starting to get comfortable. Um, and that's where the mistake came. Uh, just, we, you have an hour before, uh, from normally from the time that they stop fucking with you till the time you go to bed. Uh, that's where you're supposed to take showers, take care of any personal business, write letters to your mom, saying what a mistake all this was. Um, all that good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, uh, two of the recruits decided it would be a good time to like take a balled up sock, you know, or two of them rolled up together and pass it back and forth like a football. Um, unfortunately, drill Sergeant Santos happened to walk in right around then. Um, drill Sergeant Santos, he was the senior drill sergeant. We had two other ones, drill Sergeant Daniels, Daniels and drill Sergeant, uh, Merrill. I think I, I might not be sure. The last one was a long time ago. Uh, and we always thought senior drill sergeant Santos is pretty mellow. He was, he tried to be the good cop and he had his, his two assistant drill sergeants be the bad cops and they were good at it. Uh, unfortunately drill sergeant Santos, uh, must've thought we were getting a little too comfortable in his barracks. And that's exactly how he put it. <laughs> he, he said, Oh, you're throwing a football in my barracks. He had a really weird, like Jamaican or South seas kind of accent that I'm not going to try to do because it probably fuck up the story, but imagine like in a South seas, uh, barrack, uh, accent, you know, he goes, Oh, you're disrespecting my barracks. That is unacceptable. You may no longer live in my barracks. You must take all of your stuff and get out. So people start looking at each other. He goes, I'm get out, get out of my barracks. You do not live here anymore. So they start to like get stuff out of their lockers and load it up into the thing and they start heading for the door. He goes, Hey, where are you going? Don't you need some place to sleep? You, you better take your beds with you. <laughs> we lived on uh, the third of a four, third floor of a, uh, a four story building. The first story had uh, like laundry rooms into it, but I, I'm not sure if these, these type of barracks are more are common all the place, but the bottom floor was open on, you know, on all four sides. Uh, there were building sports things, uh, but that's where like the companies were assembled in the morning. Uh, so it was, you know, uh, three floors above it, but this was open outside basically. So he told us we needed to take all of our beds and get them out, uh, of the barracks down three flights of stairs, um, and, and, and set them up there. Um, so, you know, so he, he said, you have one hour to get out of my barracks and get all your stuff out of my barracks. There better not be anything left in this barrack. So they, we, and this is like, so that's 50 beds. Uh, we had, you know, for 50 people. So we had to get all of our stuff, all of our beds and carry them all down the stairs. And then, the, and as we're piling up there, he goes, you can't just pile your stuff up there. This is your new home. You better not just disrespect your new home. All these beds and your bunks better be set up and ready for inspection in a half hour. So, so then we had to rush around and, you know, get them all ready for inspection. So, which means all the beds had to be in a perfectly aligned row and one of them, they couldn't be an inch off or anything like that. It had to form a perfect grid. Um, so we got it done just in time. So, you know, he said, then he walks up, he looks around, he goes, you know, I am a forgiving person. I have forgiven you. You all may live in my barracks again. You have 45 minutes to get all of your stuff back upstairs and ready for inspection. <laughs> it was a long fucking night, dude. <laughs> but no one disrespected his barracks ever again. <laughs> That's what you get for being fuck ups. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, I mean, you know, I, there's all kinds of interesting stories from that time period. I don't regret that. I don't regret doing it. I was bitter for quite a bit afterwards that I got kicked out because, um, you know, it that changed my plans quite a bit. But in, in overall, I don't regret doing it. It, ma- it makes for some interesting stories, if nothing else. And I have a little bit of a idea of what military people have to go through, at least at first. Obviously, it gets a lot worse from there. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, I do wish I was able to do it. My dad was a Marine. Uh, my brother was in the army. You know, his son uh, was in the army. My wife was in the Navy. It was pretty much all of our family was in the military. So, and in certain ways, even though it was a medical thing, I feel like a failure and there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, in retrospect, I should have hid the fact that my feet fucking hurt, uh, and never not let a doctor see him. That, that would have kept me in the army anyways. I'm not sure in the long run, that would have been a good idea, but it's still, you know, it's still a bummer. Let's be honest, though, Jay. Like, it's not exactly what you're probably cut out to do anyway. No, probably not. But, you know, I was in a job, in such a job, and I had a combat job, too. As I mentioned, I was going to be into MLRS, uh, multiple launch rocket systems. Uh, You know, basically drive around a tank with a whole bunch of rockets on it and shoot at people. Uh, So, probably. (laughs) Shit breaks down at times. Like, and you just you would not be you're just not made to be a soldier jay <laughs> well the, like, say you it, had to it's get out sh- of that tank and you had to fight your way out of a city like you with oh. your no depth perception and a missing peck and being a six foot 14 target like i, I don't know yeah, yeah i yeah there's <clears throat> But ironically, they were cool with all of that. The problem they had with is that if my tank had broke down, I wouldn't be able to walk long distances. So, and that's when that's all that is. That's the entire reason flat feet is not allowed in the army is because you can't walk long distances. Your feet are too fucked up. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, I was told I had the flattest feet he'd ever seen. So, um, I, and I've, and I know just from like when I was in Vegas, uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was there for three days and I love walking around and look at things. Uh, and so I walked around all one day and the next day I couldn't fucking walk. Uh, at one point I was, yeah, I still tried. I'm hobbling around in, in pain. Uh, I remember at one point I was walking back into my, uh, hotel and I got stopped by a security guard cause I probably looked like a fucking uh, homeless person <laughs> hobbling around and shit, dude. It's, yeah, it's horrible. I love to walk and I can't do it. I, I can't, I, I can't put more than two or three miles in without fucking myself up the next day. You know, I fucking hate cardio. You know what pisses me off? I got roped into hmm. a stupid fucking thing at work. Like, they do these, like, fitness challenge things. <laughs> and, of course, my boss, you know, basically voluntold me into it, knowing that I'm a fucking crazy person. So this morning, I did three and a half hours of cardio to match wow. the output that you can put in per day. So, yeah, for the next, uh, I think it runs a full week. So for the next six days, I'll be getting up at about, oh, 3.45 in the morning, doing three to three and a half hours of cardio, just so at the end of it, I can go like, you guys fucking forced this on me, so fuck you. <laughs> I, I win, motherfuckers. Pretty much. They, like, cap it, so it's one of those stupid, like, step challenge things, and right. the most you can log is 30,000 steps a day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I just get up, knock it out. So I've already logged my 30,000 before any of those fuckers even have gotten out of bed. <laughs> um, 
Isn't that too much cardio for you? Or don't you worry about, you know, uh, I know you monitor your calories pretty religiously to make sure that you're getting enough input not to lose mass. Isn't that going to up how much you have to eat wildly? Probably, but I'm fat right now. So, like, I can I can lose some weight. Like, in that three uh, and a half hours, I lost seven pounds. Most of it, obviously, I gained right back in water weight. But, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I weighed in right before it and right after it. Yep, seven pounds. It was basically a long wrestling practice. Now, are you just, uh, when you say getting steps in, are you just jogging or, or walking fucking for three and a half hours? Or what are you actually doing? Just combination of, like, a, a brisk walk. To at least starting out like on a fasted cardio state, like the first good hour is just fast enough that I would be able to like maintain a conversation. That's what, when you know your heart rate isn't dipping too high. And I would just mix in some like jogging and walking and jogging and walking, just whatever I had to do to get this shit out of the way. Uh, yeah, I at one point I was doing a shitload of cardio. I was, uh, basically doing the DDP yoga, which is cardio, by the way, don't let anyone fool you. I don't know about normal yoga, but DDP yoga is definitely cardio. Uh, I have the heart rate monitor records to prove it. Um, at one point I was doing like a little over an hour a day, about an hour and 10 minutes, uh, six and seven days a week, uh, which was great for me health wise, but God damn, I got so fucking skinny, uh, you know, um, in shape skinny, but that's why I started doing weightlifting because the guy, it, I, 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 it looks scary fucking looking. I mean, I don't care how good a shape you are. When you're that skinny, it doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Luckily it's not possible for me to ever get ridiculously skinny just the way I'm built. So I figure a week of just doing stupid cardio for multiple hours will be just fine. I just get down there, go into my fucking dark place and just be angry for three hours. Yeah, dude, I mean, I and of course, you know, I was using the chest heart rate monitor, so supposedly it will give you a fairly, fairly accurate calorie count. I was burning a thousand calories an hour, dude. Uh, that's not what Jay should be doing, obviously. <laughs> um, and so I asked what happened with the DDP. I, I don't do it much anymore. I, uh, yes and no. I do some of the stretches from DDP every fucking day before when I get up and when I go to bed. I, be, I firmly believe it's what keeps my back healthy and me limber. I don't do a lot of the long sessions anymore just because I like weight lifting weights better. Uh, and I'm already doing that like five days a week. Uh, I can't really on my day off. I try to mo motivate myself to do a session, but it's hard to do that. And really when you're only doing it once a week, other than the flexibility stuff, it's not really going to help your cardio any. Well, no, but I mean, the main reason to do it is to stay flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the stretches I do every morning and every night they do a good part of that. I'm not trying to stretch out stuff like, you know, my hip flexors and things like that. Well, I don't know that I should be like, I do some of the standing stretches. I really should be getting down on the ground and doing some of the other ones as well. Uh, but it, as it is, I, I'm still pretty flexible. My wife's pretty impressed by how far I can lean back and shit like that when I'm doing my stretches. She goes, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> I'm pretty flexible in certain spots. You do a couple of years of, of yoga, and as long as you maintain it, it's, you know, you're pretty much all good. Yeah, I just pretty much do a little bit of, like, decompression for the spine every night. Nice, nice. Usually, do, usually also do a good, like, 10, 15 minutes uh, with the neck hammock decompress mm. the neck and right. just kind of go from there especially yeah, knowing I, how badly fucked up my spine is right and a related note my wife bought me a uh, back supports type posture thing because i have horrible fucking posture i know you guys are, are will be really surprised um 
but I, and I tried it out, but it didn't seem to fucking do anything. I was like, I could still sit down and slump over it. This isn't stopping me. And I hit it as tight as it could go. Uh, I'm concerned because, you know, it's, it's a horrible look and it only gets worse as you get older. Uh, but I have a really hard time, you know, uh, when I'm standing, when I'm standing, I can remind myself to stand up straight. But if I'm sitting in a chair, unless I'm consciously thinking about it, every second, I end up slumped over and look, it looks fucking horrible. Your, your stomach pops up and shit. You, you, it's not a good look. Um, my wife took a picture of me while I, without realizing it the other and sent it to me. I'm like, oh, fuck, burn that. Holy crap, that looks horrible. I had my shirt off and it made my look like I had a little pot belly and shit. Uh, but, uh, and, but it concerns me because I tried the support thing and Unless uh, unless I need to give her another chance, it didn't seem like it did shit. Yeah, a lot of that is bullshit. As long as you're keeping your back strong, like you're making sure that your lats are strong, you're making sure that you know all of your stabilizers are good. So you're doing a lot of you know doing a lot of deadlifting and you know rows and stuff like that. You're gonna be just fine because all uh, of that's good. gonna stay strong enough and tight enough that it's not going to let you end up with a fucking hump back right because there's i've seen members like that there's one there's one lady who's got a, a cerebral palsy or some i can't know what it is but it's fucking horrible you can see one of her neck bones sticking one of her neck bones sticking out of the back of her neck because her neck's so far forward it's fucking gross as fuck um but we have a lot of older members that are old and slumped over and shit and i don't want to live like that you know it's funny uh well uh, the funny the, well it, the ridiculous it, thing is like those people should be deadlifting Obviously not the one yeah. with like cerebral palsy. That's a, that's a different thing. But people that are just slumped over, like you need to start building those muscles again. And like your quality of life would increase tenfold. Shit. There are so many different reasons to lift weights and just work out in general. Uh, it's ironically enough. It's reached a point where I don't really like my days off. I like sleeping in that extra hour. Don't get me wrong, but I miss the release of endorphins and shit. And you know, I I'm, once I get through the misery, misery is that is a workout. I feel great throughout the rest of the day, and in my days off, I don't get that. So you know, um, well, are you and I miss are it. you doing the active recovery like I told you to? Like on in your days regards? off, are you doing yoga or like going for a tricycle ride, or even doing uh, some be, like weighted carries and stuff like that? Before I went uh, back to work, yes. Since I went back to work in the last couple of weeks, I've skipped it to sleep in that hour. <laughs> Um, which I shouldn't do. I should be doing some yoga on those days off. And I think I'll get back into it. Cause as I mentioned, I, uh, I, I like how I feel afterwards. Um, but it's surprising it, how big of a difference it makes. Uh, I don't feel like I look all that much different now since we've only been, we're only on week five. So I've only been back to lifting weights seriously for a month. Um, and I've just like recently got my diet sorted out to where I'm getting anywhere near enough calories in me, but I already feel like I look different. I can tell. Um, just a little bit better definition. And I'm, and I'm, and ironically enough, I'm holding myself better, which is like you said, from doing all the deadlifts and stuff tomorrow's leg day again, which is my least favorite day, but that's okay. Um, uh, I, you know, hey, I'll tell you uh, this, I would rather be doing leg day than three hours of cardio. Oh yeah. That's fucking rotten. I've never, I, I, you know, back to when you talk about me doing an hour, that's I think that's why I brought that up. I, I wouldn't do three hours of cardio, even if it was just a fucking slow walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like when I was doing cardio for a DDP, I, I kept trying to keep my heart rate between 120 and 140. So most of the time it was kicking around right around 130. And that's a, that's pretty high for a whole hour, but that's also depends on what you consider high. Uh, some people try to kick their shit up in like 140 or 150 or 160, uh, which is kind of a poor idea. 
Yeah, normally for cardio, like I will break out like some interval stuff on the airdyne. Mm. So I'll do like you know, a minute balls to the wall, a minute rest, a minute balls to the wall, minute rest. And by rest, I mean you're still moving, but you're just just barely getting along. Right, right, right. Um Yeah, uh, like yesterday was actually not a bad one. You know, I think what were, was I doing yesterday? Uh I'd have to look it up, but uh, it's funny. Uh, the, the new thing that I've been doing, uh, because I don't have the leg press or wall sits, you know, so yeah, and I've been gradually moving up the weight that I hold. I've been doing, you know, like it's hard, it's hard to do translate what you said to like wall sits since I, obviously I can't do sets. So I've been trying to do like three or four or five sets of holding 30 seconds. I figure that's equivalent. Um, so I, I, you know, start off just with just, you know, me doing it and it was hard for 30 seconds. And after like a week or so, I, I went and grabbed like a 10 pound weight and, you know, that I've been getting better and better at it. And I think I'm about to switch to a 20 pound, 25 pound weight for the next one. So I'm fairly happy with my improvement on that one. Yeah. As long as you're making, making ground on everything you're doing, like you're doing something right. Obviously the right, biggest yeah. problem for you is diet. Yeah, yeah, yep, and, and and we're and that's starting to clear up. Uh, as I mentioned before, not not many is not as many issues today, and I believe I will get all of my calories in. Uh, I'm shooting for a bare minimum of twenty five hundred, but I'm actually shooting for three thousand. Three thousand is my goal. I if I if I'm under twenty five hundred by the end of the night, I need to eat more before I go to bed. Yeah, you need to do something. Yep, and it you know, and it's it's re- reached a ridiculous point. I think it's you know. I'm doing everything I can. I just want to gain a little more weight so I don't look so you know unhealthy. Because uh, ridic- I don't care how good of a shape you're in. If you're too skinny, you don't look good. You look sick. Um, and I'm, I don't want to be that guy. Oh, speaking of that guy, look at the time, dude. We managed to do a whole show with almost no topics at all. Yay. <laughs> um, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. You guys are, are always good to hear from. Or you are guys are the reason we do the show. Uh, I want to thank my buddy, Big Dalton. Uh, I don't know where I'd be without you, sir. Uh, <laughs> you got anything? I have two things. Number one, this goes out to all you cocksuckers out there. Tomorrow morning at 3.45 when I'm doing fucking cardio like some fucking lip-wristed soy latte drinking motherfucker, I'm going to be thinking about tearing your goddamn heads off. <laughs> And number two, once this head rush goes away, um, fuck all (laughs) y'all. You guys have a great night. We'll see everyone tomorrow at six. Bye-bye. Screw you, hippie. (laughs) 